Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm a tired Andrew Ivins, uh, joined joined in person by my man David Lake. We are going old school today for this podcast. Uh, Instant reaction from a hotel in Clemson, South Carolina, Miami. Falls to the Tigers, 42-17 to in a game that was never really close. Uh, probably not even as close as the score indicates. Um, that's because Miami blocked three field goals. I think that was the fir- like the first time that's happened in an NCAA game in, I don't know, five or six, seven, eight years or something like that. Um, we came into this game saying Miami would need to get this thing to a shootout and that never really happened as the offense never got going finished with 210 yards uh, of total offense just a poor performance all around on the other side Clemson uh, pretty much did what they wanted Um, so David it's clear the U is not back Uh, but is it time to panic Uh, are you selling on this season or is Clemson just pretty dang good? Yeah, you're a tired Andrew Ivins. I'm a disappointed David Lake. Um, you know, to to answer those questions directly, I don't think it's time to sell on the season. I think, you know, obviously what we learned is Miami's not on that level. And, you know, probably you could say they're not close to being on that level. Um, but... Are they still, or do should they still be respected as a top twenty-five type team? I think so. And if they can maintain, they can dust themselves off from this loss and, and maintain a top twenty-five level showing the rest of the year. Then you know you got to be realistic and understand that's a good year. Um, but yes, I, I'm with you. The offense wasn't good enough, and. and you know, it's beyond just the offense not playing well. I'm also disappointed just in the way the game started, right? Um, just didn't get off to a good start coming off a of bye week. You would have expected Miami to, you know, have a stronger showing in the first quarter. And Clemson dominated from, from the opening quarter. Wasn't even close. Uh, Miami barely had the ball in the first quarter, and Clemson imposed its will in any way that they wanted. So um, I guess we could go through it. You know, I, I think the offense, my my first take on it is, you know, 
Derek King obviously did not have great stats, right? But I don't necessarily think that reflects in a fair way of him, of his performance. I think he was playing one on 11 a lot of times. Um, Miami's offensive line was terrible. I thought the receiver group was terrible as well. And, you know, we, we knew coming in that Miami was going to have to exploit the perceived matchup of the tight ends against the linebackers and safeties, and that never happened. And on the flip side, Clemson, you know, their tight end, uh, Braden Galloway, performed at a much higher level than Miami's tight end. So, you know, coming into the game, Rhett Lashley said, what makes Brent Venables such a unique defensive coordinator is that he is the rare defensive coordinator that will actually dictate uh, to the offense. So he tries to impose his will uh, to the opposing offense. And that's kind of a rare thing. Usually defensive coordinators, you know, kind of adjust and, uh, you know, take what an offense gives them or, or et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Brent Venables definitely made life difficult for Miami's offense. He essentially stacked the box, took away any type of running game that the Miami Hurricanes wanted to establish and said, okay, beat us outside the numbers with your receivers. And I think the receivers kind of got exposed tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been kind of beating this drum from the start. There is no wide receiver one uh, on Miami's offense. There's no wide receiver two. Uh, and that was pretty clear because all night I felt like they needed someone to step up and just make some type of play, and um, that never really happened. Uh, you mentioned Venables dictating the game. That's kind of clearly obvious. Uh, Miami's three running backs combined for 10 carries for 11 yards. Um, so that's Jalen Knight and Don, Don Chaney and Cameron Harris. I mean, Miami ran for 89 yards. Uh, D.R. King had 84 of those. 56 came on the one uh, long scramble, which was probably the play of the night, I think, for the offense. I, I I don't know. I just I get it. It's a it's a chess match, and I'm not you know trying to bail on Rhett Lashley or anything like that. But you know I didn't understand what the plan was. Uh, Cameron Harris didn't get his first carry until the second quarter, and I I think you got to point out that's because Clemson was. Just chewing clock in the first quarter. Like Miami only had what one or two drives, um, but and then once you're playing from behind, it's it's hard to run the ball. But I thought that was kind of disappointing, and I think that's just a product of Venables, like you said, being like, all right, have your have your receivers and and tight ends uh, beat us. What did you think about the defense, David? Because I know everyone's going to look at the stat box. They're going to see that. They gave up 550 yards, but I do think this unit like played good enough, or it would have been good enough if the offense was there to potentially beat the the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, you have to be realistic, I think, about how much you can contain and stop Clemson from doing what they do on offense. You know, they have Trevor Lawrence, they have Travis Etienne. 
the best quarterback and running back in all of college football, and you could argue they are one of the best duos at those positions of all time. And so, yeah, I think, look, we, we made it clear. If Miami was going to win this game or be in this game, it had to be somewhat of a shootout. The offense needed to keep up with Clemson's offense, and that didn't happen. And Miami got some timely stops. They forced some field goals and blocked some of them, as you said. Um, and that's kind of what you should have realistically expected from the defense in terms of a somewhat good performance. Now, there's certainly areas that the defense needs to clean up. You know, I, I don't necessarily think the pressure was consistent. I think Jalen Phillips had a good night and did a nice job pressuring Trevor Lawrence. I believe he was the only guy to get a sack on the UM defense. And, um, you know, obviously Bubba Bolden, I think, played a an inspired game as well. Um, my, my biggest criticisms, my, my biggest criticism of the defense was, you know, I, coming into the game, I kind of made it clear, like, Miami can't allow explosive touchdowns. And the first touchdown they allowed was a 24-yarder, I believe, to, to Braden Galloway on, a, like, a throwback pass to him. And, uh, you know, later in the game, Travis Etienne popped a, I think it was a 72-yard touchdown run down the, down the left side. So, you know, you got to make Clemson work for it. And, and for the most part, they did outside of those two plays. Um but yeah, I mean, look, I think the defense played hard um, defending Trevor Lawrence. You know, I I'm sure it was evident on, on TV, but, you know, seeing him in person, it's extremely impressive just how in control of the game he was. Um, you know, everything just comes easy to him. He evades pressure with ease. He makes all his throws with ease. He, he essentially is like going against an NFL quarterback, and, and that's not easy. And then, you know, coming into the game, Clemson, you know, Travis, Trevor Lawrence compared Travis Etienne to Alvin Kamara, and that certainly played out against Miami tonight. Uh, they, they dumped the ball to him in the flats over and over again, and he made Miami pay whenever he had that space, which is what he does. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's certainly areas where the defense needs to improve, um, but I don't think it was necessarily a bad performance. I will say this, like, when the defense got them in third and longs, uh, which was eight times, so third and long being nine yards or more, you know, Clemson only converted one of eight of those opportunities. So in that regard, Miami definitely did its did its part. Um and again, you got to be realistic when when you're defending Clemson. It's it's probably going to be a game in the in the high 30s and 40s, uh, and so it's up to your offense to keep pace. Tell you know, Andrew, do you think there's any moves that that Miami can make off of this game? Or is there any guys that you'd like to see more of? Um, you know, on either side of the ball. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm here for maybe getting some of the younger guys in at receiver. Like, I think there's growing pains with that unit. I'm like a D Wiggins guy. 
Did Mark was Mark Pope even targeted tonight? I don't recall him having a ball come his way. I mean, I could be could be wrong, but like at at this point, I think you got to see. Okay, he had one target. Like you know, let's see what Keyshawn Smith has. I know that was in garbage time. That long catch he had. Like let's see what Michael Redding's got. But you know, it's pretty clear to see to understand why they are recruiting the guys they are. And who, I mean, is there a chance any of those of them are going to come in and be able to make an impact right away? Probably not. Um, but, you know, that's a room that's, that's just got to get better, especially in, in these type of games when you need someone to step up and make a play. And I think we were talking about this last year. I mean, how much did Miami miss uh, an Amon Richards, someone that you know is going to move the sticks for you, and they, they just don't have that um, defensively? You know, there was a ton of rotation in the linebacker core. We saw a lot of Corey flag, and, like, I had a moment where I, I sat to myself and I said, uh, Corey flag chasing down Trevor Lawrence is not something I pictured ever happening, um, ever. Uh, you know, but he, I thought he wasn't as lost in the sauce as, as he would be. Um, Sam Brooks made back-to-back really nice plays, dropped a – I think it was a running back right in the hole and then tipped a pass to play later. And then I don't think he saw the field again. Like, give me some more of that. Um, I do want to address, like, the safety situation. You know, we said that you can't get targeting because you knew that Gervin Hall was sitting in the first half. And sure enough, Amari Carter gets hit with targeting. And then Miami rolled a true freshman out there in Brian Balaam. And this was not a blue chip true freshman. When Clemson rolls out, they're true freshmen. Those are guys everyone in the country wants. Brian Balaam is a kid from Miramar High School. You know, he was talented, but he was never expected to play week four in Death Valley, and um, Clemson attacked him right away. You know, they ran a few plays at him. Uh, I think the term Manny Diaz used was baptism by fire. Um, so you got to take that into account. I'm not making excuses. Like, you don't let that happen. But, uh, you know, that was that was a glaring issue. What about you? Is there anyone you want to see more of? I'll tell you what I do not want to see is Xavier Restrepo on punts. That was a disaster. Kind of went exactly how I thought it was. Um, you know, they need a graduate transfer punt returner. That's what they really need right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's worth maybe looking at other linebackers. You know, uh, I think Sam Brooks, there's something there. Corey Flagg, I thought, did okay. Like, is he the answer? I don't know. But I think they need to continue to rotate those guys until they feel pretty comfortable with them. I think Gilbert Frierson had a good game. Um, And, you know, you you mentioned the targeting thing, and Keontre Smith had a tough targeting call go against him where – you know, technically, I guess by by the letter of the law, yes, the crown of crown of his helmet hit Trevor Lawrence in his stomach, um, which I guess is targeting by the letter of the law. Uh, but still, it, it's just a it's a tough call for Keontre. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, you know, I don't know what else you would do on the defensive side. I guess maybe more Jared Harrison Hunt, but I feel like he played a lot tonight. Um, so yeah, I mean, defensively, I don't have any issues. At on offense, I think it's time to shake stuff up more on the offensive line. Uh, 
you know, is Jalen Rivers an option at one of those guard spots? I think it's worth a look. And because uh, it, it wasn't good enough there but from this group. And then I'm with you with the receivers. Um, and then also, too, got to find a way to, to work Jalen Knighton more into the game, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Jalen Knighton, I don't think he got his first touch until, like, the third quarter when they tried him on, like, a jet sweep. And I don't know. To me, he's one of your better playmakers, and maybe you got to scheme it up uh, to get it to him. Um, as we wrap this up, and I'm sure we'll go more in depth on Clemson and as we kind of digest all this and go into the PFF numbers, but uh, I think it's pretty clear that this Pittsburgh game, and we said this as we walked through Cemetery Hill. <laughs> I didn't know what that was until we walked through it. Um, we're going to know, like what year two of the Manny Diaz era is. Miami's been in this spot before. This is an ebbs and flows program. They ride the wave up, and then they crash hard on the wave down. Um, and now Pittsburgh comes to Hard Rock Stadium. Noon game. Like, is this team going to fight? Or is this team just going to go through the motions and um, be in a dogfight? I think Pittsburgh's a good team. Like, I just want to know what we see because – like you mentioned, there's probably three guys out there on Saturday night running around giving it 110%. And those were Jalen Phillips, Derek King, uh, and Bubba Bolden. Are those leaders going to, you know, do they still understand the seasons ahead of them? Or are they going to mail it in? Uh, I think it's going to be a big gut check type week for the program. Yeah, and, um, you know, Pittsburgh is a team that's reeling right now too they they've lost two games in a row so they they have to answer similar questions are they going to come out swinging or or you know are they are they going to sleepwalk through the rest of the season so i'm with you you know this is a huge game for the Manny Diaz tenure um because if it's if if Miami comes out flat again which you know the offense is going to get tested against Pittsburgh their defense Pittsburgh's defense is legit um you know, you could make the argument Pittsburgh's defensive line is better than Clemson's. Um, so Miami, you know, I will say this after the game, Manny Diaz and all the players who spoke after the game. So Brevin Jordan, Bubba Bolden, Derek King certainly said the right things in terms of, you know, they they are hungry to come out and have a better performance against Pittsburgh. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that if that is the case. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to really make judgments on how this Manny Diaz era is going after that game, in my opinion. Yeah. Final thing for me, like, I, I haven't even looked at the yardage, but the penalties were just so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, after I think Miami connected on the long field goal, you had a classic offsides on a kickoff, and then uh, – you know, Gilbert Frierson late hit. I mean, they got to clean that stuff up. And it, it's hard. I get it. You got a bunch of South Florida dogs on your roster, and you're going to have the extracurriculars. But I, I think 15. it 15 penalties. I mean, in a game like this where you know the margin for mistake is so small, you just got to be smart. And, you know, Ja'Kai Clark falls starting three times. Like, that could be avoided. I mean, we were there, like – 19,000 people. It was kind of surprisingly loud. Yeah, it was. Um, 
But still, man, I mean, you started 12 games as a freshman. Clean uh, clean that up. Uh, housekeeping, before we wrap it up, uh, Manny Diaz said he thinks Brevin Jordan, pre- preliminary diagnosis, doesn't seem to be too serious. So uh, Brevin spoke. Yeah, so hopefully uh, he'll be good to go against Pittsburgh. And I don't think there was anyone else that was really – yeah, John Campbell, maybe. Um, that's it. So that's all for me. David, give some, some final thoughts here uh, on on this lovely, <laughs> lovely night. My final thoughts are, so the highlight of the trip was a lunch outing to the Smokin' Pig, which is a famous spot here in Clemson. Had probably the best brisket of my life, so... That was nice. That was that was a, a positive of this trip. Enjoyed some good barbecue, and uh, we'll be hitting the road back to South Florida early in the morning. Yeah, uh, multiple recommendations recommendations from listeners uh, for the smoking pig. So if you're ever in the area, must visit. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.